Good morning, Living Hope. You have no idea how much I wish I was there with you this morning, but, and I know you would wish the same, that you were able to gather. But anyway, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank your pastors, Dr. Benjamin and Sonny, for this privilege that they grant to me to share with you from the word of the living God. I want to talk to you this morning about one word, roots, roots. I work with Jerry and uh, in the office that I work in, Jerry is the accounting supervisor. So one day I went to his office and as I sat there waiting for him to print something from his computer, I turned around and looked on the wall and there was this picture. And underneath the picture were the words, the root bridges of Sherapunji. The root bridges of Sherapunji. I was intrigued. The picture was of a double bridge, one bridge on top of the other. When I returned to my office, I Googled bridges of Sherapunji. What I read was fascinating. You see, centuries ago, the villagers, they noticed that there was something special and something different about the roots of the ficus elastic tree. In fact, they realized that those roots might be strong enough to make bridges. Or it would take time, 10 to 15 years, they would find out. But you see, they, they, they had time. Time was what they had. You see, in these small villages in India, one's thoughts were often not centered on the present, but on those yet to come. The unborn. They saw them as special and they saw them as different. So this morning to you, I have a question. Who is special and different in your life that you, my friend, are living for? So these villagers began to weave the roots together as they continued to grow. And they found that through the years, as the roots would grow into pieces of living infrastructure, they got stronger. Then with age, a bridge would be constructed and it was constructed. They found these bridges were to last for centuries carrying hundreds of their ancestors across these bridges from one side to the other, maybe going over a valley or deep ravine or maybe even a river. But it all started with the right roots that they saw and recognized were different and special. It's fascinating to me. You see, right about the time these roots went into the years we humans would consider teen years, rough years, tough years for some, rebellious years even for others, these roots had become strong and useful because of the tough and tender care that was given to them. These roots were not seen as individuals, but as a group. My brothers and sisters, how does this happen? <laughs> By planting good seed in good soil. And one day in a conversation with my father, I asked a very uh, serious question. 
I think the answer that he gave me will explain what it takes to build bridges. You see, he often would tell me, Sammy, when you get big, you're going to be a leader. He would tell me, and I was just a little bitty guy. One day, men and women are going to follow your leadership. And then he would say these two words. There's something special and different about you. Now, I have no idea what he told my brothers and sisters. But all I know is what he told me. There's something special and different about you. Maybe he does. He, he did all of us like I do my granddaughters. When I'm with them, I always tell them and my grandson, you know, you're my most special grandchild. And don't tell the others. And I laugh sometimes thinking at my funeral, they'll argue over who was the most special. And then they'll realize how special they all were. So I don't know what my father said to the others. Probably was the same. But he would say, you're special. And there's something different about you. And then he would remind me of a story that I heard over and over as a child. He said, you were run over by a car when you were four years old. You didn't die. But son, that same day, another little boy was run over by a car and he did die. And then my father would say, the hand of God is upon your life. Not only did he speak words of affirmation and faith over me, my grandfather, Daddy Bryce, would do the same. He would say, grandson, as he patted me on top of my head, when you grow up, you're going to be a great man. And my grandfather would have on his deputy sheriff uniform and I would look up at him and I can't even put into words, but I can still see him right now in that big grin on my face. And I'd say, daddy Bryce, how do you know? My grandfather would smile and he would say, don't you worry, grandson. I see in the future what one day you too will see. Son, you're special and you're different. Like my father, he too was planting some good seeds, but I was too young to realize what either one of them were doing. Yes, I rebelled and I was anything except what they said and what they saw, but no matter what I did, and I, to this day I still can't believe it, but no matter what I did, they both continued to speak positive things over my life. In fact, one day I asked my dad, I said, Daddy, why did you always speak those things over my life? It was years later after my life had been turned around and not been touched by Jesus. My father looked at me and said, you don't know? I said, no, I don't know. He laughed. He said, boy, at the rate you were going, I had, I had nothing to lose. Let me tell you something a person in your life right now that you're just about ready to give up on. You just keep speaking words of faith and love. And here's the reason why. You've got nothing to lose. They were watering seeds. You're watering seeds when you speak words of faith, when you speak words of love, when you speak words that have the future in mind. I asked my dad that question. And I said, how come you speak those things? He not only told me that story that I just told you, but he also said, you know, son, that garden that I have in my backyard? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, your grandfather has a larger garden than I do because he has more property there in Mercedes. Yes, sir. I said, but why do you both say I'm special when there's something different in me? And my father, in his typical way, he answered my question with a story. 
Daddy had more stories. And as I got older, I realized he told us stories because he did not want us to forget his answer. And daddy said something like, those gardens? I said, yes, sir. He says, you know, the first thing your grandfather and I do is we go out and we, we pull out the weeds. I can't tell you how many times I'd see my father in the backyard. And then I got older, I was out there with him. He'd always be whistling or singing and he'd be pulling the weeds. And he would always get them by the roots because daddy said, if you don't get them by the roots, you'd see them again. And I can remember sometime daddy would pull a weed up and it would break off at the surface and the root would not be able to pull the root all the way out. And I can remember daddy saying, see you again. And he would say, son, you must always get it down to the root. He said, I'd pull out the weeds. And then I would rototill the soil. Then daddy said, I would prepare the soil for the seeds. I'd fertilize the soil. I'd plant the seed. I water the seed. He said, I don't go out every now and then and dig around the seed to see how it's doing. He goes, I know what I planted. I expect and have always received a good harvest. And then I'll never forget. My father looked me straight in the eyes. He said, son, let me tell you something. Your grandfather and I, we have planted more seed in you than we've planted in any garden. And then he said these words, and I'll never forget them. And you will produce. Have you told that to anybody lately? Have you told your children? Have you told the neighbor kid? Have you told anybody? I was walking down the hall in this office yesterday, and I looked at a little girl. You know, they're all studying at home now. And her mother brought her to work, and she was sitting in our area where we have lunch. She was doing her homework. And I looked at her, and I said, you getting good grades? She says, yes, Dr. Sam. I said, tell you what, when you get your report card, I want to see it. She looked at me, her eyes got big. I said, oh, I want to see your grades. You say you're getting good grades. I want to see them. And then I said, if you're getting all A's, I'm going to give you something. She says, what? I said, I'm going to give you some dead presidents. <laughs> and, and, and my older friends, she had this quizzical look on her life, on her face, as if I said, what do I want with a dead president? I said, you know what they are? And I'll ask your mother. She'll tell you. I'm going to give you some. And I went like this. And she put this big grin on her face. And then I said, those, those grades one day, they're going to turn into paychecks. So I'm going to start giving you a little something right now. She just smiled. I'm going to bring it. I said, okay, I'm going to look for it. Daddy said, son, you're going to produce. Because I've planted some good seed in you. Your grandfather's planted some good seed in you. I don't know how many times either of them said those words. But I'm 66 years old, and I still remember them. Now, here's another question. When the people, the kids, your grandkids are around you, when they get 66, should Jesus tarry? What words will they remember that you said over them? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they'll not turn from it. That's pretty powerful. In fact, Romans 4.17 says, speak those things that are not as though they were. I walked around the office one day and I called one of the single ladies, Mrs. She goes, I'm not Mrs. I said, well, the Bible says to speak those things that are, uh, that aren't as though they are. So what do you want me to call you? She looked at me and says, Mrs. <laughs> I said, okay, Mrs. Hebrews 11.1 says this. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It is the assurance 
about what we do not see. Bishop E.E. E. Cleveland, he's been deceased for years, was a big bishop in the Church of God in Christ. Watch my fingers. And he'd say, if you don't see it, before you see it, you ain't never going to see it. I love being around these older people when I was a kid. They saw things. My friends, God's showing you things to speak over the next generation. Be faithful and say those things to those children. You don't even have to really believe it. As my daddy said, at the rate I was going, <laughs> he had nothing to lose. And you don't have anything to lose by speaking words of life and words of faith. I don't care how, quote, bad that person may seem to you. You can even walk away and just say, God, I'm not sure I told the truth or I lied, but I did say some things about them that I hope you will bring into fruition. Both my father and my grandfather, they were planting seeds in my future. They spoke life over me and not death. Oh, I was trained. Even though I rebelled, I did return. And eventually a future that was spoken over me was to come into fruition. The faith of others that was exercised became my reality. All it took was time, a lot of tears, a lot of prayers, and a lot of faith. You see, the tree I became began with good roots. And now today, I am a tree of Sherapunji. You see, everything begins with roots. How do we develop individuals who become bridges? Individuals who become givers and not takers. Oh, they're needed today and they will be more so needed in the future. Individuals who see the good in others and not the bad. Individuals who when confronted, they have learned, they've been trained by watching you and I. They've been trained to deal with the issue but still affirm and love the person. My Bible college president, Reverend Dick Foth, he used to say, Confront the issue and affirm the person. Confront the issue, affirm the person. Makes a difference in communication, husbands, wives, parents, young people. When you stick to the issue and not start attacking the person, you first must see them as God sees them. You know how God sees you? You know how God saw me? Before I knew that God saw me a certain way, I heard it coming from the lips of the adults around me. Not just my grandfather, not just my dad, but you know, there were strangers in the church, the deacons in the church. They would say things over me as a kid and over the other kids. I just go, why did they say that? Because they had faith, because they spoke life and not death. Sure, it'll take time. But if you see people the way God sees them, the way God sees you, the way God sees me, he sees all of us as special and just a little bit different. Now, some of y'all are a little more special, okay? <laughs> okay, I shouldn't have said that. But you know you are. You special. Don't believe me? Ask that person sitting beside you. Look at them. They're laughing right now. They know how special you really are. But we're all special. We're all different. It will take time. But as my father used to say, as long as we are breathing, time is our friend. God expects us to be bridge builders for his kingdom. You see, it's not and never has been about us. It's always been about God. It will also take sons and daughters who are willing to die to themselves and live unto Christ. It's a process. However, it can begin for you, my friend, today.
you might be sitting there going, I'm not like that. I don't, I'm just not, people said stuff over me that were, they were just dead. They, 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 I just, I'm the way that I am because of what people said. No, you're the way that you are because you've made some choices. Now, today you can make a different choice. You can't begin today by starting a journey with Jesus. You can begin today by hearing his words. You know what he says about you? He says, you're the apple of his eye. You see, God says, if he had a big refrigerator in heaven, your picture would be on it. And what you have done with your life has nothing to do with it. I bear witness. Let Jesus plant his seeds that are eternal in you today. Let him make you a bridge that others might cross over on from death to life. For Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me. Ali, Ali, oxen free. Whosoever will, let him come. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. This is what he says. I'll give you rest. I know some of you are dealing with this pandemic you, in a very challenging way. Maybe some of you have lost your jobs. Maybe some of you have lost loved ones and everyone couldn't even be at the funeral. These are some challenging times for all of us. A lot of things. You turn on the television. Sometimes, my friends, I don't even want to turn on the television. And when I do, I just want to watch a black and white cowboy movie. In fact, I was watching one one day and my 10-year-old granddaughter came in and she says, Papa? I said, yeah, baby. There's something wrong with your TV. I said, there's nothing wrong with my TV. Yeah, it's in black and white. Have you ever tried to explain black and white television to a 10-year-old? Take my word. Don't even try. I finally just shut up and I figured one day she'll, she'll find out. I just get tired of hearing all the crazy stuff. But Jesus says, bring it all to me. And then he makes a promise. I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And Jesus says, Jesus says, he'll give us rest for our soul. He said, for his yoke is easy. It's easy to bear and his burden. He says, the burden I'll give you, it's light. You know why it's light? Because he's going to be right there carrying it with us. In fact, he's going to be right there carrying you and that burden. You see, Jesus, through us, he wants to be the bridge over our troubled waters, your troubled life, and weave you together with others who are on the same path as you. You see, we are called the church. So I asked you again, who is special and different in your life that you are living for? Look around that room. Look around that room. When the Lord says to you, well done, who's going to remember you? And quote, you today, like I can quote Brother Jesse Thor, older guy in our church, or Mr. Ring, or my Sunday school teacher, Mrs. Harding. I can quote you stories and I can quote you things they said about my life. Who's going to quote you and what will they quote? Who are you being a bridge for? My friends, turn on your news and you will see what's really needed or not men and women who are opinionated in their political viewpoints. But what really is needed are men and women who know how to be bridges and who have come to the realization that the church is not here to take sides. Listen to me, the church is here to take over. And I don't mean in some radical way. We're the ones that are supposed to be the bridge builders who bring peace. You see this picture you're looking at is my spiritual granddaughter and there'll be some others come up. 
but her name is Ellie. And as my grandfather and my father did for me, I am now doing for Ellie, my other grandchildren, and other people in my life. I want to be a bridge over troubled waters. What about you? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for pastors Benjamin and Sunny. Thank you for the Robinsons. Only you know how much they mean to me. The calls that he has made just to see how I'm doing. Prayers that he has prayed for me and how his life, it doesn't just encourage me, it inspires me. I pray for this church today. I pray for those that are experiencing, Lord God, troubled waters. God, would you be that smoothness in the water for them? Would you give them encouragement through this pandemic? Would you remind them that they are not alone? Bless this man and woman of God and all those that you have encircled around them. Thank you for their consistent giving to help this ministry to continue. I thank you for the gift of the Robinsons. I thank you for the gift of living hope. Bless them today and give them strength in Jesus' name. And that one who's sitting there, you know who that person is. They need to begin the journey with you today. I pray that they will say yes to you. For I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.